shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and and he shall purify some of the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old and as in and I will come um, near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, and against the adulterers, and against false uh, swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in these wages, um, the widow, and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. Even from the days of your fathers, you were gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man walk? Said, ye have brought me. But ye say, Wherein have we brought thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring me all the tithes into your house, that they may be meat in my house, and prove me now here with the same of the Lord. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out the blessing, that they shall not be rude enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine um, cast her fruit before the time in the field. Saith the Lord of hosts. Your words have been uh, stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, um, What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said, It is vain to serve God, and what is it that we have cared to and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. And now, we call the proud happy, yea, uh, they that work wickedness are set up, yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that fear the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before them, for them that fear the Lord, and that called upon his name. And they, that, uh, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that, uh, in that day when I, make my, uh, when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spared his own son that serveth him. Together, verse 18, Then shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Our Father, once again, Lord, we come. Uh, this moment in time to ask your blessing upon our 
uh, service tonight. Lord, please uh, be in the midst of your people. And thank you, Lord, for bringing us together into this place of worship. Bless all of us, Lord, and uh, uh, we pray that the Holy Spirit of God will be the one that will control the service. And Lord, uh, touch the hearts of your people and touch my mouth and my lips and help me, Lord, as I deliver your word. And I pray that um, your people will be taught the ways of the Lord. And thank you, God, for uh, the great privilege that you have given us to come before your presence. Lord, uh, be magnified in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, this is a very, um, you know, um, uh, very strong, strong um, passage of Scripture, uh, chapter that um, we have read. And this is about, um, you know, uh, the people of God who had forgotten God somehow in their, in their worship. They have forgotten God in their offering. And again, uh, here in our text tonight, uh, we can see that um, Malachi was the writer to, uh, to this uh, um, book, uh, the book of Malachi. And he was the, the last of the Old Testament prophets. So uh, this is, you know, um, uh, the, the prophet just prior to uh, the New Testament uh, started off uh, um, by Matthew. But again, uh, there is a gap to this um, writing. Uh, this is around 400 years in gap. And um, it, it, it takes 400 years after Malachi to, to come up with the, you know, with the um, New Testament. And we see... Um, the writing here of Malachi, um, he was writing this to the remnant, uh, to those people, <coughs> um, to the Jews who had been restored uh, from Babylonian um, captivity. And again, the, the faith of the Jews here, the, the Jewish people, the, the people of God, are, you know, up and down, um, sometimes hot, sometimes cold. And um, they have no consistency in their devotion to the Lord. They are not consistent in their service. They are, not, uh, they, are, they are sometimes faithful and sometimes are not faithful. And again, it's very typical um, characteristics or typical uh, condition of any um, Christians uh, in, our, in our times today. Sometimes we are uh, uh, devoted to the Lord. Sometimes we are, we are on fire for the Lord. And sometimes we are not. And the same thing is true with those people um, during the time of Malachi. And he, he witnessed that in his own eyes that uh, these people have changed. They have changed uh, considerably. And they have, not, they have not been faithful to God, you know, all throughout. So uh, Malachi saw this, that these people, are, they have their ups and they have their downs in their devotion. And he noticed these few things here from verse number 8. He noticed that uh, their giving has changed. They have, they have changed a lot. Uh, before, they are very faithful, and then all, all of a sudden, they, 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 they um, back down on their, on their de devotion in giving. And he said here, Malachi now, uh, bring this to them, because um, he wants his people to, you know, be consistent in that. You are serving the Lord faithfully, just be consistent. Now, people are getting, you know, slow in their... In their uh, spiritual walk, and then Malachi was raising this question in verse number eight. He said, "Will will a man rob God? And yet ye have ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee?" The answer God said, uh, "In tithes and offerings." These are the people here that uh, Malachi was talking about. These are the people of God, and these people now they do not care. Uh, it came to the point that they do not care uh, and, and, and what God had said um, about his commandments here uh, from the book. And again, uh, these people of God um, who do not care um, what God said about tithes and offering. And again, you, you will see that um, God knows that he doesn't need it. God knows that he doesn't need the tithes of the people. And what God is um, instituting here is for the people to, uh, you know, uh, gain God's favor by their uh, own faithfulness in this aspect of giving. And that is really uh, all about. It is not about God to, be, to become richer when, when his people will give because God doesn't need that. Uh, so here, the, the, 
this is supposed to be to encourage them to put their faith and belief in God. This is one way of um, encouraging the people to be uh, found faithful of the Lord. But again, here, uh, their unbelief of God's word is what God grieved the most. Because through this, the, you, God saw that these people, they have, they have no affection to God's commandment and God, you know, saw it. And that is what God grieved uh, in the behavior of these people. In verse number 9, it says that you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. In verse number 10, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, God is the one, uh, you know, uh, um, rebuking these people of their change of behavior or change of, of devotion to God. A change of their, um, their devotion in, in, in the aspect of giving because they have changed. Their, their giving, um, their giving um, has changed and therefore God, you know, uh, talked to them and, and rebuked them. In verse number 14, not just that their giving has changed, their, their service also has changed. Now, it's always, you know, true to even to Christians today. First, uh, their, behavior, their, their devotion to the Lord will change. Their Bible reading will, will, will change. Their uh, prayer life will change. And then later on, they will not show up in church. And later on, they will, they will go astray. They will go, you know, uh, and live without God. God is no longer part of their daily walk. And therefore, you know, they will just uh, wake up one morning and they are far away from the Lord. And they have not, you know, uh, they cannot recognize the Lord in their lives anymore. And that is uh, what grieved the Lord here in verse number 14. You have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it? That we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. You see, their giving has changed. And then after their giving changed, um, the, their service also has changed. But again, my friend, as we know it, the Lord our God is devoid of change. Our God, um, in his being, um, the Lord is unchanging. The Lord that we are serving, the God that we are serving, is unchanging uh, in his relationships to time, in his relationships to space, and his relationship, you know, with, with his creation. Our God does not change. He is constant. He is always and he remains the same. Now, tonight, let us take a look at this. And let's notice a few things about our unchanging God, because we will learn and we will see um, the, the Lord, how he, um, you know, treat us and how he um, deals with us. In, in uh, 1 Peter, let's go to the um, New Testament, in the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter, um, chapter 1, <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 1, verses um, 23 to 25. The Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But he or but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And you see, the Bible says, being born again. And now the word born, born again in the Philippines it becomes a religion. <laughs> you have a group of people there, they call themselves born again. And I, I have, you know, I, I listened to them. Um, they, they got it right in, in relationship with the Lord, in accepting Jesus Christ in their life. Um, but in so many ways, in so many ways, um, you cannot find their ways in the Bible. Some, you know, you can find it uh, if you stay with them, listen to them. 
and and whatever they speak there and check it in the Bible, some of them are not are not there in the Bible. So that's the um, the group there being born again. But born again, my friend, is not a religion. Born again, uh, this is an effect of a person's decision to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. This is the effect of that decision of man to receive Christ. And that makes the person born again. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Verse number 24 again, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. My friend, no matter how accomplished a person you may be, no matter how, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, how rich you may be in this life, how beautiful you may be, your accomplishment, your beauty, your fame will one day fade away. And that is the truth from the Word of God. Where is Elizabeth Taylor now? I don't know if these children know Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, I'm old-fashioned, you know. I remember those names. I was little. I have not seen these faces I heard of the name Elizabeth Taylor. I heard of the name Marilyn Monroe. I heard of these names, but I have not seen their face in those times when I was young. Because, the, you know, the, the, the older people talk about them. And I heard of them, how, how famous they are, how rich they are, and how popular they are in the, in the world. And people look up to them. And, and, and so many men, you know, um, desire the beauty of this, uh, desire to have this kind of beauty in their lives. So many people uh, and even women decide that they might have that, you know, the, the, uh, just percentage of their beauty because they, are, they look up to those people. But the Bible says that they are just the flower of grass. And the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. Their fame, their money, their, their accomplishment, their beauty will just fade away. Wow, I remember that um, because of the, uh, the story of that Marilyn Monroe, how that um, uh, evangelist uh, Billy Graham um, requested for an audience that, uh, to visit her, and she turned it down. And that was a week before she died. And you see, uh, and, 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 and she told, according to that story, she told uh, um, Billy Graham, uh, that she doesn't need her Christ, only his Christ. And in that, perhaps, at the end of her life, uh, she has rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, right now, I do not know if there, if there is any um, young person uh, uh, that, 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 that can you know, relate the life of those popular people in the past. So they were popular in the past, but they are now like nobody. No one cares about them. But those, you know, in those times, everyone cares about them. The media cared about them. The, the television cared about them. And the magazines and all the people cared about them. But that is what the Bible says, that the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But verse number 25 in our text in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The word of God. The word of God that, uh, you know, Billy Graham wanted to share to Marilyn Monroe. And Marilyn Monroe rejected it. She, she rejected it. And that word of God also is the same word of God that we have today. That people in the past, the famous people in the past, rejected. But thank the Lord that you and I, um, we revere uh, the word of God. We, we value the word of God because, again, the Bible says, but the word of the Lord, of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number uh, 20. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 20. 
Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Spirit that work out these words here that we have read today. It is the Holy Spirit of God is the one that authored the Word of God, the Bible. So God's Word is precious. God's Word is precious, but not just God's Word is precious, but also God's Word is preserved. God's Word is preserved in Psalm chapter 119, verse number 89. Psalm 119, verse number 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In other words, before this Word of God printed in, this, in the book, before the, the Word of God is being pinned. The word of God was already in existence in eternity past. The word of God, because the word here forever, that means, well, forever, there's no beginning to that and there's no ending to that. Forever in eternity past and eternity future, the word of God is settled in heaven. In Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 18. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle. One jot is like the period of the I. And one tittle is like the cross of the T. One jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. The Lord will Will, will fulfill the promises that he had made in this um, in the word of God in the book every promise of the Lord will be fulfilled and that is why this is uh, you know it is safe if you believe what the Bible says it is safe when when when, when you read it and when you um, you know uh, embrace it what God has promised because all will be fulfilled in Psalm 100 or uh, Psalm 12 verse number 6. Psalm chapter 12, verse number 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. A silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. And this is the promise. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. You see, the word of God that we have read today, the, the word of God that, you know, people embraced, the word of God that we have today is, is uh, again, the revelation of God, of himself. This is the word that reveals God to us. Without the Bible, we do not know. So, well, what's the beginning? And, and, and who, who? We, we do not know Adam and Eve. We would not know that there was that flood. We would not know that there was this person named Abraham. And, and, and all those people like David. We would not know. But praise the Lord that, you know, all these things were compiled. And, and, and Moses, you know, has, has been given by God the ability to write the first five books, the Pentateuch from, from the Genesis and um, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. These five books, this, um, the Pentateuch, um, was, was re- uh, were written by Moses. But again, Moses, if you, if you count the years, uh, Moses was in... The existence of Moses was like 1500 BC. And we are now uh, uh, 2000 AD. So if you add that numbers up, it's just 3500 years ago. And you see, but the beginning was around 6000 years ago. The Garden of Eden um, was in, you know, 6000 years ago. So how, how, how did um, Moses? Um, got all those um, information right, but again, there is not a prob- It is not a problem, my friend, because the Bible answered. What's the real score there? Second Peter chapter one. We have read that a while ago. Second Peter chapter one, verse number twenty-one. For the prophecy, prophecy, the word of God from from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, the sixty-six books of the Bible. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved 
by the Holy Ghost. And that is the key. It is the Holy Spirit that, you know, divulged all this to Moses. And maybe pass on also. And, and Moses was able to write them. And then, and, and all this compi compilation of the book. And then we have the Bible right now because this is the product of the Holy Spirit of God. The, the, the Word of God is a product of God Himself. And you see, in, in again, um, the promise of God in the book of Psalm that thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And again, in, in, um, in the book of Second Peter, we see God's revelation of Himself through the Word of God, and the Word and God does not change. He promised that He will not change, and He does not change. His Word also does not change. And and again, I have no problem uh, um, about people doubting about the Word of God. I do not know if you are affected by the people around that do not believe in the Bible. For me, I am not affected at all. Even though it's a vast majority of the people will not believe the Bible because it is already prophesied that there are, pe there are people that will not believe the Bible. The, the most important thing that I am not one of them. The most important thing uh, is that you are not part of them. You should not be part of them because uh, their, their future is doomed and their future is very bleak. They do not know what's going to happen in the future. But for you and I, who believe the Word of God, who believe God, uh, we have a bright future. God, you know, has promised us um, the things in the Word. Amen. In Second Peter chapter chapter three, verse number nine. Second Peter chapter three, verse number nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. But it's long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In Numbers chapter 23, verse number 19, Numbers 23, verse number 19, God said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? You see, but pastor, what about those, you know, uh, it seems like God is changing. God is uh, changing his, uh, his actions. My friend, every time that there might be some appearance of uh, change in God's actions, it is just merely a response to man's unrighteousness. It is because of God's judgment that he, he wanted to, you know, uh, to, to pass on to them. And that is why it seems to us that God has changed. But actually, the word of God remains the same. The Bible remains the same. God's word does not change. Amen. Another thing, God's faithfulness also does not change. Yeah. The Lord our God, even though you are not faithful to God, God will remain faithful to you. That's right. The fact that, you know, we have not died before we got saved. The fact that we, the Lord has uh, preserved us until the time that we re received salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is because of God's faithfulness. God is faithful. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16. For by Him, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And in Psalm chapter 119, verse number 90, the Bible says that thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. God is so faithful. I will tell you when, 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 I, when you consider it, look at the map and you zoom out. Zoom out in the, in the Google map or something and you see our, our, the, the, the place where we are standing now. We are in Oakland City. And if you zoom out and zoom out and zoom out, you can see that 
We are surrounded by a vast ocean. And if you look at the place where we are now, uh, in comparison to the vastness, mm. to the, the immensity of the ocean, I'll tell you, whoa, it's scary. It's very scary. Although we have high mountains here, but that's nothing, you know, if, if uh, the, the oceans will, will cover us. But it will not cover us. <laughs> I believe it will not cover us because God has promised already even to the wave. And God ordained that, oh, you wave, it's only up to there. You cannot pass through that line. God is faithful. He is very faithful to us. He is the one that control, you know, uh, all this universe. He is the one that um, control all the actions of this nature uh, that, that uh, you know, can... Uh, Again, everything here is in the Lord's control. If you look at the earth, it's hanging upon nothing. It's, it's uh, suspended in the air. The world that we are, we are you know, living right now, it's suspended in the air. There's nothing below it, nothing above it, nothing. You cannot see anything that, you know, um, that, that is uh, fastened unto. There's nothing. And yet... You know, we, we, we experience a morning and evening and, and, and we, have, we, we counted years and, and our, our earth is, um, there is a moon that's, uh, you know, revolving around the earth and we have also this, uh, you know, orbit of the earth around the sun. In 365 days, you will, you know, get to that same position every 360, 366 years, I mean days. And you see, um, the Lord is in control of everything. Um, wow, I cannot um, give you all the, the wonders of nature that the Lord, even a slightest of variation there, could cause us to peril. Uh, it's very dangerous if there is, uh, an, you, know, um, al- you know, alterations to nature. They said that if the, if the, if the earth will tilt just one, one degree, one degree, uh, that will cause our, our um, seas to boil if it will tilt towards the sun one degree. And if it also uh, tilts away from, from the sun one degree, it can cause our oceans to freeze. And we cannot survive in that, um, you know, for long. But again, the Lord is controlling all of this. It is because God is faithful. He is faithful. God is faithful even if we are not. Even though... The recipients of Malachi's prophecy were not faithful to God, but God remains faithful to those people. In James chapter 1, verse number 17, verse 17 of James chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You see, sometimes our computer will fail us. Sometimes, uh, you know, our families will fail us. And sometimes even our own judgment will fail us. But the Lord, my friend, the Lord Jesus will never fail us. He remains the same. Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 12, And as a vesture, thou shalt fold them up, and thou shalt be changed, and they shall be changed. Verse number 12 again, And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Our God is faithful, and He will remain faithful. He is faithful when we are not faithful. And God is faithful when we cannot be faithful. And you see, in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians, it shows us here that how, how susceptible we are to sin and temptations, how weak we are in that aspect of temptation, but the Lord is faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13 
1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able? But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it? You see, even in our trials, every single day we have trials. Every single day we have, we have you know, uh, our, our flesh, ourselves, our flesh will display that, you know, weakness. And we are tempted in every side. And despite of that, um, we have the propensity to, to you know, uh, to, to give in to temptation. But despite of that, the Lord is so faithful that he will not, he will not tempt us. And those things above that we are able. And in fact, the Lord is so faithful that He provides a way to escape whenever we face temptations. You know, you just don't realize that when you are, you know, are confronted with sin, when sin is before your eyes, and it's just a matter of letting go or uh, giving in, it's just a matter of giving in, and then you commit that sin. But despite of that, when you are facing that kind of uh, uh, situation, the Lord has already built in there in the, in the proximity the escape that you need so that you will be able to bear it. And that is what he said in this word, that um, God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above. How many of us that God will look into this? How many people in this world today that will face temptation? And how many times we are facing temptation every single day? Multiple times. And then billions of us. And God is watching every one of us. And measuring all these temptations that it should not go beyond what we can, we are able you know, to, um, to bear. That is just my friend um, you know, to tell you that our God is so faithful. The Lord, our God that we are serving, is so faithful, even though we cannot be faithful. But even if you fail God, God will remain faithful. He cannot deny himself. In Psalm chapter 71, verse number 1. Psalm 71, verse number 1. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. You know, if you are a, a, a Christian this, this evening and you believe in God and you trust in God, your life you entrust to the Lord. And just like this psalmist that says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. And he requested God and he said to the Lord, Lord, let, let me never be put into, into confusion. I believe the Lord will honor that. If you believe in God tonight, if you have Jesus Christ in your life and you believe in him, and you will ask him something like this, Lord, please uh, um, uh, do not allow me to, to fall into sin. I believe the Lord will honor you. And he will make sure that he, you, you, will, you will be able to escape all the appearance there of evil, all the appearance there of sin. That um, the Lord can grant you of your request. Verse number 3, verse number 3, uh, Psalm uh, 71, verse 3, uh, Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given me commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. You see, no matter what's your, what's your burden in your life today, no matter what's your uh, burden, whether it's physical or financial, or personal, or spiritual, or emotional. No matter what's your, what's your burden this, this day, my friend, the Word of God has something for you. And that is First Peter chapter 5, verse number 7. Casting all your cares, all your care upon Him. Why? Why we cast our care upon the Lord? Because He careth for you. God will always care for us. The Lord our God will always remain faithful. Despite of you not thinking about God, but remember, Jesus Christ at the cross is thinking about you. Maybe in your life you do not think about God so much, but God thinks about you so much. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, despite the pain, despite the, you know, the, the, the excruciating pain that he went through at that cross of Calvary, he endured that cross of shame and suffering is because he's thinking about you today. He's thinking that in year 2022, Brent will worship me. Uh, God knows that, that I will worship him. God knows that, you know, the people in Mount Zion Bible Baptist Church will have a service, you know, and worship him. And because of that, 2,000 years ago, he endured the cross. He despised the shame because he's thinking about us today. God is faithful. He is very faithful. And he will remain faithful. You see, God's word does not change. God's faithfulness does not change. And lastly here, God's plan of salvation also does not change. He loves us. He loves souls of men. God from the beginning wanted to save mankind. God saved Adam. And God wanted to save everyone. In 2 Peter chapter 3, um, again, verse number 9, it says that the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In Titus chapter 2, verse number 11, Titus chapter 2, verse number 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And we see that, again, from, from the time of Adam, the Lord, you know, um, provided a covering for him. The Lord is always the one that will provide. He will, he will provide covering. He will provide salvation. And he did in the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. God. In the time of Adam, uh, God shed the blood of the innocent. Yes. And that shedding of the blood covered Adam's nakedness. And prior to their sin, and you see that Adam and Eve, um, in, in, the, in the book of Genesis chapter 3 there, Adam and Eve had no thought of their nakedness. They never thought that they were naked. But after their sin, they were in hiding. They were hiding because they realized that they were naked. And it, it says in Genesis chapter 3, when they realized, uh, you know, when, when God, I mean, when, when Adam and Eve realized that, that they were naked, they, they, they hid themselves in the bush. And again, um, the Lord did not think of covering their nakedness because, you know, uh, it seems like it seems like that's supposed to be the normal. It seems like that's supposed to be the way. But because of sin, then I think malice came in. Uh, the innocency, the innocence of man is gone. Satan stole the innocence of man, and that's what happened there when 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 Adam and Eve after their sin. Um, they hid themselves in the trees of the garden because they said they were naked. In Genesis chapter 3, verse number 20. Uh, verse number 20. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 20. And Adam called his wife, uh, wife's name Eve because she was mother of all living. And unto Adam also, unto his wife, did the Lord God make um, coats of skins. And clothed them. The Lord, you know, um, uh, took the time to, to clothe Adam's nakedness. And today, the Lord Jesus Christ took the time to also clothe us with the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So Adam's covering there, uh, God shed the blood of the animal because... Normally, you know, you cannot take the skin out of the animal. You cannot unskin an animal when the animal is alive. You have to kill the animal and then, you know, um, take the skin off. 
So that's what happened to discovering of Adam and Eve. God shed the blood of an innocent animal. And again, you can find that in, in Abraham's uh, faith. God stopped Abraham from offering Isaac his son. Isaac was supposed to be offered, to be killed there at the altar, and Isaac was ready. He was, he was already bound. He was already laid there at the altar. And the next step there is to shed the blood. But God, through the angels, stopped Abraham from offering Isaac. And in the process, God provided someone to replace Isaac to be offered at the altar, to be killed at the altar. The Lord provided, you know, the ram. He provided a ram and then Isaac was spared. You see, instead, now Abraham offered the ram. Well, what happened there? Of course, he shed the blood of the ram. And that is the same, uh, you know, thing. God um, um, wanted it that there should be a shedding of blood. And in fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says that without shedding of blood, there is no remission. In other words, without the sacrifice of a blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But not all blood God will require. Not all blood, my friend. If I will be killed to, and, and, my, and to be offered for someone, I think my offering is not sufficient. Because my blood is sinful. Any person's blood is sinful. But God said without shedding of blood, there is no remission. And if you look throughout all the earth to find that blood that is perfect, you know, to be sacrificed for the salvation of um, man for their sins, you cannot find one. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In, Revelation, in Romans chapter 10, verse number uh, 23. And also in Romans chapter uh, chapter 3, sorry, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And Romans chapter 3, verse number 10. For there is none righteous, no, not one. For there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. So all of us, in the eyes of God, our blood is sinful. And therefore, our blood cannot, you know, uh, wash away sins. It, it takes a perfect blood um, to be sacrificed for the forgiveness of sins, but there is none among us. But thank God, 2,000 years ago, the Son of God came down to be offered at the cross of Calvary. And, you know, when he was there, hung on that cross, there was that soldier that pursed his side. And from there, from there, gushed out, you know, water and blood, or blood and water. And that blood, my friend, is a powerful blood, because that blood is God's blood. And that is why that is sufficient for the, for the cleansing of the soul of men. And every person that will come to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation will be saved, because that blood is the powerful blood that can save away or can save um, the souls of men and put away the sins. Now, here you can see Abraham's faith also about Isaac. How he offered, supposed to be Isaac, but now the Lord provided a ram. The same thing is true with our salvation. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse number uh, 21, Hebrews 9, 21. It says that moreover he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and, the, and all the vessels of the ministry. Verse 22 is my text. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. If you died and without Jesus Christ's blood in your life, you cannot enter heaven. Sorry. Because only uh, the blood of Jesus Christ can wash away your sins. That is why, my friend, the Bible says without shedding of blood, God's plan does not change. It's all, um, you know, um, purged with the blood. In Romans 5, 8, 
Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 2,000 years ago, he shed his blood. And every person that will come to him will be washed by his blood. You see, and Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's plan of salvation has always required the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. Well, oh, why is not the Lamb? My friend, the Lord Jesus Christ also is the Lamb of God. And he was, yeah, I think it's in John chapter 1 verse number 39. John chapter 1 verse number 39. He says, And he saith unto them, um, Where is that? that um, 29. Is it 29, brother? Psalm, uh, John 1 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God. When John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ, he did not see you know, the man Jesus, but he saw the Lamb, the Lamb of God. Again, my friend, it is the requirement, the Lamb of God, the blood of the Lamb. And again, the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ was offered at the cross of Calvary to shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Now, in conclusion, you will see that as we understand that God does not change, he's still uh, the same. His, his word does not change and his faithfulness does not change. The plan of salvation does not change, even though the face of this world will change. Our friends will change. Our family will change. Perhaps our church will change. And sometimes, you know, uh, your family will offend you. Your, your friends will fail you. Your, 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 your parents will fail you. Your children will fail you. Your brother or sister will fail you. Your relatives and your workmates will fail you. But I will tell you, the word of God will never fail you. And this is the word that God wants us. And he, 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 he reveals himself in, in, in the Bible, in his word. God never changes. You see, that is why if you learn the Bible, if you know God and you learn the Bible, you, you will see that the admonition and the, uh, and the um, teaching about our hopes, where to put our hopes, we, we are only encouraged to put our hope and dreams to that which is sure Amen. will not change. And that is God and His Word. Because these are the things that will not change. But do not put or do not attach your hopes and dreams to those things yes. which is sure to change. If you put your hope in your job, your job place will change. If you put your hopes and dreams in your company, your company will change. If you put your hopes and dreams in, in economy, economy will change. Sometimes recession will just strike without you knowing it. If you put your hopes and dreams to your family, sometimes our family will change. But if you put your faith and dreams in the Bible, in the Word of God, God will never change. Yep. Amen. He will remain the same forever. Praise the Lord for His faithfulness. God is so faithful. You see, if you have not been faithful to God, and I'm sure that God will remain faithful to you, why don't you... You know, set also your heart and ask the Lord, Lord, let me be faithful to you. Help me, Lord, to be faithful to you. Lord, you have been so faithful to me, but I am not faithful to you. Can you please, Lord, help me to be faithful? I will tell you, God will honor you. God will honor you if you, if you pray like that. Let's bow our heads and pray. Let's ask the Lord. At least one time in our life, we can ask the Lord that he will help us to be faithful to him. If you are like that, let's, uh, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you that um, we have your word. Lord, you have been so faithful. And Lord, every time that we will see your faithfulness, those times also we see our unfaithfulness to you. And Lord, please forgive us. And Lord, thank you for your, for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we pray that you will help us, Lord, to be faithful. Lord, we cannot be faithful of our own. 
we need you lord to help to help us to be faithful please lord that is my desire i do not know about my churchmates tonight uh, what is their desire but lord i know that we have a desire uh, for you and lord i believe that desire one of them is to be faithful help us lord to be faithful help these people of god to to be faithful to you and um, lord uh, we will see your power we will see your your uh, uh, um, favor upon us oh god which is a delightsome delightsome moment in our lives when we experience your favor upon us oh god when our prayers are answered when your hands move um, <clears throat> around our lives lord that is um, a great blessing in itself that we can see your hand working and moving through us father i pray for the blessing upon our people bless these people lord make them and help them to be faithful to you so that your blessings will abound in their lives lord uh, we pray that every one of us uh, will be found faithful in jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. All right, we'll stand and sing our closing hymn. Great is thy faithfulness. thy faithfulness, O God my Father. Verse 1, ready? Sing. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father.
elena to we close this in prayer this evening